0: Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church, or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Praise God. God's God's on the move. Can you say amen? Amen. You can be seated this morning. Hallelujah. We just want to take a moment and first of all, release all the uh, high school, junior high kids. You could take off and go back to your room and uh, have your service back there uh we want to welcome everybody that's here welcome everybody in person we are certainly glad that you're here and we also want to welcome everybody that's joining us online amen we're going to have a good time in the lord amen and i know you're looking at this and you're going okay what's up with that hey where are you going (laughs) my She's my right-hand man, amen. Hallelujah. She don't, she don't, she don't fit that bill. Hallelujah. So today we want to do something a little bit different. And uh, you say, oh yeah, it's different already. It is. We're going to have a good time in the Lord, amen. Now, I know that I am short of stature. I'm not really the tallest guy, but the chairs are a little short, so you're just going to have to get used to that, Okay. <laughs> I have to get used to it, so praise God. So as I said, this service is a little bit different, and the reason this is a little bit different is because I, I really wanted to do something that would uh, just kind of get us out of the box, as it were. Every now and then, it's good to get out of the box, right? It's, it's, it's really good to uh, get to a place where we just don't do the same thing over and over again. And, you know, if, if nothing else, you will remember, you, you will you'll walk away going, well, they did something different today. They were sitting by a really tall table in really short chairs. And, and you know what? At least you will remember. That, I know it, Kathy said that bugs you, and it does because I feel like I'm like way up like this. But the point is, is I really do want to capture your attention today. And the reason I want to capture your attention today is because um, I'm not going to be so much preaching, but I probably will. Um, but what I want to do in the midst of this is I want to share what God has put on my heart, and, and ultimately in my wife's heart as well. And, and that's why we've called this service Heart to Heart, because we want our hearts speaking to your hearts, okay? Okay. That's what, we're, that's what our goal is, and that's what we want to do. And, and I think from time to time it is necessary uh, to speak to you um, more in a direct way, more in maybe directly dealing with some of those things that God has put on our heart, not so much in the form of a sermon, but to speak to you and say, hey, look, this is what God's speaking to us, and, and this is where I believe that God's taking us. And this is what I believe he has us up to so that you can, you know, be involved in it and that you can see directly what God is saying. And so over the last few years, um, it's no secret God really has put a lot of things on my heart. He really has spoke to me. He's, I mean, all the way back, I can, I can identify um, all the way back into the first few weeks of taking over the church as senior pastor, that God began to speak to me. God began to say, look, I'm going to do a new thing. I'm going to do something. That's not that the old thing is bad. It's just time for a new thing. The, the, the reality is, is I, it's, it's an interesting thing when you think about it. When you, when you look at the transfer of power that happened between Moses and Joshua, they were very different people. And so Moses operated in one way in his gifting, Joshua operated in another way in his gifting. And so oftentimes what happens is we long for the days of Moses when these are the days of Joshua. Amen. And so sometimes we have to make those changes. And I know it's like, well, why are you saying that? I'm saying that God started that process all the way back then. And that process has been moving, and it's been growing, and it's been a little here, a little there, line upon line, precept upon precept, as the Scripture declares to us. And God is creating something uh, in this place deliberately. This is the plan of God. And so the point is, is if you were to go back and look at the sermons that I've preached over the last few years, not only would you notice my growth, the, the development of, of my life and my personal growth, but you're also going to see the development of the church. You're going to see how the church is, is I, I hate using this word, but you understand it, is how the church is evolving, what it's becoming. And so what I want to do is I want to take a time and and I I chose this service this was a service that we planned and and I first introduced to the staff probably about 3 or 4 months ago and begin to talk about it this was actually an idea that was first deposited into my heart probably about 2 years ago or 3 years ago before actually before the pandemic started so back in 2019 so you could tell that this is this is not just something that just like, okay, let's do this just to be different. Um, this is something that God is really putting in my, in my heart. And, and what I want to share with you this morning um, is predominantly where we are going and what we are becoming as a body of believers. And so I want you to think about this with me. I want you to just think about some things. Churches were never meant to be simply organizations that follow a business plan and that are economically sound. Okay? That's not what churches were meant to be. Now there is no doubt this morning that we are organized. There is no doubt that we are good stewards with all that God gives us and that we do conduct business that there is a process. There's no doubt about that. But we are so much more than that. Can you say amen? You say, well, what is it that we are? We are a body that is alive, living, and breathing with the life of God. That's what we are. We cannot forget that. I think sometimes people forget that because... I got to stand up. I'm sorry. So so what happens is this it does. okay and so what happens is i think sometimes it's very easy as churchgoers as as christians to slip into just simply going to church and it's very i know it's easy for me it's easy in the ministry just to slip in and do ministry and, and in the midst of that, there's a lot of things that get left because it's much more than ministry. It's much more than going to church. It's about encountering a living God. Can you say amen? It's about having a relationship with the one we call Father in heaven. It's about having a relationship and being completely submitted to the one we call Lord and Savior. It's about engaging with a Holy Spirit that is moving and active among people today. Can you say Amen. That's what this is about. That's what we are about today. But we are also a family. We are a family. We are brothers and sisters in the Lord with spiritual moms and dads. Can you say Amen? Look around the room. Just take a moment. Those are your brothers and sisters, such as they are. And it might be a ragtag family, no doubt about it, but the reality is it is the family that God gave us, and we are precious to one another. Can you say amen? We are connected supernaturally in family. We are also, this morning, a refuge. We are, in many ways, a hospital, if you will. We're a hospital that has patience and and where the lost, the broken, the helpless, the hopeless, and the struggling can come and they can find grace, receive hope, and experience transformation. Now look at those words are written, they are on our wall in the foyer. They're very large words. I could tell you those are neither declara- declarations, they are declarations. They are not just decorations, nor are they just simply words to me. Those, that is the summation of the plan of God for this church. Grace, hope, transformation. Are you hearing me today? That's what this is about, and, and, and hopefully what I can do today is rally you and excite you for the next chapter, as it were, for the next dimension, that we would go from this place to this place. That's our call. Can you say amen? And I want to begin real quick with a story that for many years of my life has always arrested my thinking. I've preached on it. I've preached on it in Jacob's Ladder. I've preached on it here. I've shared the story over and over. It's one of those stories in the Word of God that just captivates my thinking. And it's the story of the demoniac. You can find it in the book of Luke in chapter 8. But in the book of Luke, it tells the story about this man who is possessed with literally thousands of demons. And, and he is such a, a a nuisance and, and such a, a hardship in, in the world that he lives in, in the, in the village or the city that he's, he's in. The only thing that they knew to do was to chain him to a tree. But he would break those chains. See, isn't that just like the world? The world, the only thing that they, if you go to the world for a solution for your spiritual problem, what you're going to find is your arms wrapped around a tree with your hands handcuffed. That's what you find. Now, it may not be a literal place like that, but it will be something that will add to your captivity. It will not deliver you. There's a lot of great things in the world. There's a lot of great people. You know what? They have great uh, sincerity. They have uh, great ability. But they do not have supernatural power to bring freedom into a person's life. Can you say amen? And that's the story of this demoniac. And the story of this demoniac is he is running amok. You you know, he's broke the chains. People have just basically given up on him. He's now in a cemetery howling at the moon, cutting himself, running around naked. I mean, this guy is in a bad way. But then Jesus comes on the scene. And one moment with Jesus, and we have a spectacular result. Listen, Luke chapter 8, verse 35, it says this. It says, Then... They went out to see what had happened, and came to Jesus, and found the man from whom the demons had departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed, and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Now here's the story. One moment with Jesus, and this man is sitting at the feet of Jesus. He's clothed, he's in his right mind and when the world came to see what happened they were freaked out see that's what happens when there is a move of god the world does not understand it they don't even they don't know how to they don't know how to process it because it didn't happen in the processes or the procedures the way they think it should it happens much differently. It's how, how do you go from howling at the moon naked, running around in a cemetery, to now you're calm, clothed, and in your right mind. How does that happen in one moment of time? It happens because the glory of God came on the scene. Because the kingdom of God was applied to a man's life. Can you say amen? And I believe the reason that this story is relevant to us today, just like it was in Jesus' day, is because in the day and hour in which we live, live we are being presented with problems that the world does not have answers for. We are being presented problems in marriages, in families, with children, in schools, in education, in government that the world does not have an answer for. In fact much of the world will reject The answers that do come from the Christian community because they do not fit the paradigm in which the world lives. So what happens is Christianity tends to back up and go, well, we can't ruffle their feathers. Jesus came, and he said, look, I came to stir the pot, man. He says, I came to upset the apple cart. So what does Jesus do? Take the time to read the New Testament, just read the New Testament, specifically the Gospels. Read it three or four times, back to back to back to back. What you will find is Jesus is always healing on the Sabbath. Think about that. It's not that he couldn't heal on any other day, because he did, but he made a point to heal on the Sabbath. Why? Because he wanted to upset the apple cart. He wanted to show them, look, we ain't going to do it the way we've always done it before. And then what does he do? Here's another thing that he upsets. He allows a woman to sit at his feet to be taught. Oh, dude, that's, that's, that was high treason right there, man. You women just need to be in the corner watching kids and keep your mouth shut. That was the theory back then. Yeah. But Jesus upsets the apple cart because he actually, he actually brings women into leadership and uses them and then he goes further in upsetting the apple cart and he says look we're not even going to go the same way we've always gone he goes we're not going to go into all this sacrifice anymore i'm going to fulfill it so that in faith your life will be changed not by following rules but by simply having faith in me and i'm telling you that formula changes the world can you say amen and he upsets the apple cart, and he says, look at, I'm going to do something completely different. And I believe that God wants to upset the apple cart today. I believe that God wants to do something that changes people's lives. I mean, I, I, see, the thing is, church, I, I, I've said this before, and please don't misunderstand me, but I think you're probably in the same place I am. I'm tired of doing church. Uh, look at I, if I don't go to church anymore I'll stay saved. I'm committed to Jesus. Look, I I don't need going to a building to stay saved. Is is that too is that too rough? I I what I need is I need Jesus. I need him and so I want him and so I'm going to contend for him. Can you say amen? And so there are some spiritual things that we need to do. I want you to think about this. We need to contend for the faith. Do you remember Jude when he wrote his book, the book of Jude? The thing he says is he's writing to the people and he says, look, I wanted to talk to you guys about our common salvation. He says, but I felt it necessary to set that aside and, and admonish you or challenge you to contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. He says, because there is men that have crept in unaware that what they want to do is they want to defile our belief system about Jesus. I can tell you, church, creeps are still trying to creep in today. And they are still trying to change what we believe. Are you hearing me? So we need to contend for the faith. We need to embrace prayer. We just came out of 21 days of prayer. We need to embrace prayer. I'm going to say it again. We need to embrace prayer. And everyone said? Amen. Oh, no, enthusiastically, we need to embrace prayer. Amen. Thank you. We need to embrace that. We, you know, we need to obey the word of God. We need to grow closer to Jesus. And we need to have a mature walk. In our relationship with God. Are you hearing me? We need to hunger and thirst for the things of God. We need to welcome a greater level of Holy Spirit moving. Amen. We need his input. We need his influence and his gifting. We need him to move. We need to worship his presence. I mean, my, my, one of my top five desires would be that Jesus would physically show up. He, that he would just manifest right here, and then I look and fall flat on my face, and have all of you go, whoa. I guarantee you there ain't a dry eye or anyone standing, sitting. You're all on your face. When the Son of God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, why, because he is worthy, well, let me tell you, let me give you a secret. He is here right now. The only difference is you just can 't see him, but we have to and we have to worship as if he were bodily here, and we need to make our relationship with him our first priority. We know that we know we need to do those spiritual things because then when the people come to us with the marriages and with the brokenness of homes with the confusion of heart the oppression that comes from this world and the and the unanswerable questions when people are struggling we will then be able to readily reach into the resources that god so wonderfully gives us and we are able to bring that to them bring that freedom to bring that liberty. For where the presence of the Lord is, there is liberty. His presence was there to heal. We need that again. But, but as Jude said, that has to be contended for. And we need that. But there's also other things we need to do. If you notice something about Jesus' ministry. Jesus always focused on spiritual realities, didn't he? But he also focused... On practical realities. Do you notice that when Jesus spoke to them, they grew hungry, so he fed them. It always kind of freaked out the disciples. Jesus is like, hey, they've been with me three days now. they got a long way to go. I don't want them to get weary and tired and become vulnerable to the elements, so let's go ahead and feed them. And the disciples let like, let's, let's don't. <laughs> that seems like a... Whole lot of work, Jesus. You want to have a fellowship with 5,000 men plus their women and children? Do you realize, Jesus, that we got a few loaves of bread and a couple fish, and that we're having to steal from this little kid? We had to go mug the kid in the background background, because he's the only one that brought a lunch. We got that. We stole it from him, and that's all we got. And Jesus, it's good enough. Because what we're going to do is we're going to do something really practical. And notice in the story, Jesus says, I want you to sit them down in groups of 50. The reason that sticks out to me is because why did Jesus say groups of 50? Why did he go to the length of saying that there was actually a system to what he was doing? Because our God is a God of organization. He is a God of order. So there is not only the spiritual, but there is the practical. Okay. The Bible tells us that God gives us everything. These great and precious promises are given to us for both our life in him for godliness and for this life. So we've been spending time thinking about this, and Kathy and I have talked, and the staff, we've talked, and these things that God has put on my heart. And so one of the things that we need to do is we need to look at some of the practical things that go on here. And as I was looking at that, I was, I was thinking, what is, what is one of the greatest needs that we have as a church? When you, when you look through and you go, what, is, what are the needs that we have? And you go through that list. I think one of the greatest needs that we have as a church is we need to work hard at creating a culture of community and connection. You say, why is that? I, I, I don't know that over the years we have always done a real good job at that. I, I think we've done okay. Don't misunderstand, I think we've done okay. I just don't know that we've had everything in place like we needed to really create that culture of community and connection. See, because like I said, if it's true that we really are the body of Christ and that we really are a family and a refuge and all of that, if we are really all of those things, then we need to create that sense of community. And you have to set a platform for that. That does not happen automatically. It doesn't just, you cannot organically move into that. Oh, there may be a little bit here and there, pockets of it. And it tends to be, when, when you leave it to itself, it tends to become cliquish. You say, why? Well, because you're dealing with humans. And that's what we do. So we don't want to become cliquish. What we want to do is become a family. So how do we go about that? Now, I want you to think about this for a moment because some of the greatest miracles that transpired, transpired transpired because of this dynamic of being a body and a family. Listen to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. It says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, that means every, every person in here has a special work. Do you understand that? That's what that's saying. If you are a part of the body, each part, which should be you, has a special work. It helps you help other people grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. In the King James, it says, each joint supplying to the other. We are to be connected, helping one another. We are to be connected so the life of God that flows in his body will flow through every part. In context, the body is where spiritual gifts are released. Now, don't confuse gifts with fruit. Fruit is something different, gifts are empowerment. Gifts are not for you. I got a gift. It's mine. No, no, no. It's yours to use, but it's for the whole. Go look at it. Go read it. It says God gives you a gift to minister to others. Now, the great thing about the gifts of God is it, God allows you to enjoy the use of that gift personally, but it's for the body. And in the context of the body, it's where the gifts are released And there is enormous power exchanged when we come together. We were never created to be independent. We were created to be interdependent with Jesus as the head of the body. Because we are his body. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I think oftentimes when we come to church, we are ministered to by the worship. We are ministered by the messages. But oftentimes, I think what happens is we miss a vital part because we miss connection. If you notice, going back to the first church in the book of Acts, it says this. It says, they continued daily in breaking bread, in the apostles' doctrine, and in fellowship. So the interesting thing about that is learning and growing in the apostles' doctrine was as spiritual and as necessary as fellowship. Why? Because that's how the body grows together. It's how we connect. So in the next few minutes, I want to share with you something that God has put on our hearts. See, the reason I'm not spending so much time on the spiritual is because we do spend a lot of time on the spiritual from this pulpit. I do spend a lot of time talking to you about spiritual dynamics that's not something that this church lacks and it's it's teaching and in it's preaching. We talk about spiritual things all the time, but we don't always talk about those practical things so what does this look like what is it what so what does that look like? So I want to share with you what the Lord has put on our hearts in the last four, He's several years he's put it on our hearts, but this is for the next 18 to 24 months. So, in other words, what I'm about to share with you, it's our hope that in the next 18 to 24 months, these things will become realities. And we begin with remodeling. So, you saw, here we go. Here we go. Just about killed us, you taking remodeling this sanctuary. We did good, it was good. It's great, it's a great place. So he said, "Well, what we what we're going to do and we have and I'm going to explain why, we're going to move the offices over to the other building to over what we called the the preschool room, that used to be an office for a school. So the church offices are going to move all over there." He so said, "Why are you going to do that?" So that we could free up all the space that's in the offices right now. And what we're going to do, and I don't necessarily like this word because so so hang on with me and I'll explain it. So we're going to create a cafe. They say, oh, what do you need a cafe? Look, I do not want to go into the restaurant business, okay? That's not what the point is. What I want to create is a place for connection. I want to play, p- create a place where when people come in, there is a warm place that they can go to, sit down, sit around a table, have a cup of coffee, a donut, and fellowship with one another. He said, well, don't you have that in a multi-purpose room? Yeah, we do. But see, for visitors, it's kind of out of the way. They don't know where it's at. And I've had people come up to me that have been here for four or five weeks and go, I didn't even know the, knew that room existed. You start taking them through the doors, and they go, oh, my gosh, this place is huge. Yeah. Because what happens is when people come in, they come in the front door, they, they are greeted, and that's wonderful, and then they come through those doors, and they sit down, and they go out those doors and through those double doors out to the parking lot. So what I've noticed in the last few weeks, few months, is people have been hanging out in the foyer a lot. Yeah. And you say, well, what is that for? That means people want, see, this thing is happening. That's right. Amen. That's right. It's like, and, and, and then what happens is we go, well, y'all got to go in the multi-purpose room. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to go, I like it in here. Yeah. Okay, well, let's stay right here then. <laughs> Let's do that. We want to create this atmosphere and create the the place where people can connect, where people can make friends. So our foyer will have its own fellowship center. We want to have a warm environment in there where people can get together. And the reason we want to put it up front is so that people know that fellowship in our mind is primary. It is not second secondary. The other thing that we want to do that comes along with that is we want to remodel the children's church. We want to add some rooms so that we have specific rooms for uh, uh, what we call toddlers. Right? Is it toddlers? She ain't helping me, man. She did say yeah, but you should add. What's the next room? <laughs>
1: Arm candy. <laughs> 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 we want to have, we want to have a bigger nursery right now. We're off in this little bitty room for right now, but we need a bigger room for our nursery, our babies. Um, zero to you know one and then we want another we need another room for our two and three year olds you know because they're they're in with the new with the babies and it's just you know poor little Owen he's they get a little bored in there with the same toys that they've seen for the last two years you know and so we want another room in there for for the for the toddlers yes you were right toddlers and then after that that's a whole story. And then after that, we have a preschool room, the preschool room that we have in there, and then our elementary age. Yep, and so um, this is my portion anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, um, Easter, I celebrated 25 years in children's ministry. <clears throat> 25 years ago, I said that I would fill in until someone else came in, but you know, it is what it is, and God, God does wonderful things through stuff like that. And um, I was willing, and he said, okay, here we go. And so what, what our desire to do, and even now we're trying to implement it little by little, what our desire to do is that at every stage of life, at every age group, that children get age-appropriate ministry okay, um, we were, I was here one summer, and, you know, somebody was at the front desk, and it was like 10 o'clock in the morning, and I heard the, the volunteer that was at the desk, God bless her, but, you know, she's talking to this lady, and she goes, oh, yeah, we have children's church, and she goes, as I'm walking by, I hear, but you know, it's just glorified babysitting, and Holy Spirit says, keep walking, keep walking, keep walking, and I was like, what, what, <laughs> because it's not, you know, and I know that I've been kind of mean, uh, the, mean the meanie to some of the, as far as enforcing the, age, the ages in some of the classes. You know, well, why can't they go in there? They're going to have more fun, or why can't they, you know? Because we are working on age appropriate ministry. You know our babies. We want our babies to be ministered to with love and kindness, and to be to have scriptures read over them, to have scr- uh, songs sang to them. Um, I was walking through checking on rooms one Sunday a few, uh, month or two back, and I looked into the nursery, and here is one of our seasoned uh, workers, and she has baby Wyatt, our, my uh, grandson, my, uh, and he's still in the seat because he's about ready to go to sleep. And she's sitting on the floor next to his, in front of his, his little car seat. And she is tracing on his face, nice and lightly. And she's softly singing worship songs to him. And sitting next to her was my next little grandbaby, Owen. And, you know, he'll be two next month. And he was just listening to her sing. And he was swaying back and forth. And there was such a peace in that room. And if I could tell you that that's what I would, that is my heart's desire every service to have our children ministered to by godly people, people that have a heart for those children to minister, not just take care of them, not just, yeah, give them a safe, we need a safe place for them. Yes but also attend to their spiritual needs as well. We need a preschool, uh, we need a toddler room to take care of those, give those little kids, teach them how to worship at two years old. In between services, somebody came to me and she has seen this. She She goes, I am over the twos and threes at my church. And she said, we had one service where we were praying. And we said, we need to pray for their parents. And on their own, two and three-year-olds got on their faces on the carpet. And for it was only maybe two minutes long, but they were praying for their moms and dads. God hears that. And as toddlers, to teach them to pray and to teach them to worship. That way, when they go into preschool, the preschool class, that they would get the basic fundamentals. They would get the basic Bible stories, that they would get the Word of God put into their hearts, that they would build on that worship, build on that prayer. And then when they moved into the elementary class, that they would learn that God is their friend, and that when difficult situations come, that all they have to do is whisper the name of Jesus and be confident that he is there with them. How many of you guys know that our battlefield, the battlefield today, is for our children? It is for the next generation. And it is our belief, and it is it have, for 25 years in my heart, it has been that if we raise up our children in the way they should go, that when they're old, they won't depart from it. That when we plant those seeds of faith into their hearts, that at the right time, those seeds will burst forth and they will bring those children into repentance, bring those children into a spiritual walk with their heavenly father. How many of you guys know that God doesn't have to wait for the kids to grow up before he moves in their lives? You know, we had, uh, you read the Bible, God has put calls on children's lives from the day they were born. Moses, from the day he was born, had a call of God on his life to be the deliverer. Samuel, he had God speak to him a heavy, heavy word as a child, as a young child, and he started in with his calling. David, as a teenager, was anointed to be king and then slew the giant. And Jesus, 12 years old, was found in the temple asking questions and saying, I have to be about my father's business. You know, there is no junior Holy Spirit. We do not, th- th- no matter what you see, that is not glorified childcare. That is us contending and working on the spiritual needs to bring your children into a heart of spiritual uh, maturity at their age. What is spiritual maturity? If it's just, you know what, on their way home. I remember I used to, on, when I was in high school, I used to ride the bus and a lot of times I would look out the window and I would just pray because my day was just awful. I just had had what for me it was an awful day. And it was like, I just God, I just need you. You know? And if it's just that, things like that, where they know that they can call on the name of the Lord and they, they can reach out to Him, where they we can create an atmosphere. Right now we're working on worship and where we want to create an atmosphere for these children to connect with their Heavenly Father. Then that way when they make it to the youth group then there's already that presence established in, in, in the youth group. And the, and the youth group is working on um, strengthening that connection. And then when they get to be older, they come in here, and we get to reap the benefits of those children that have grown up. And what it is, it's a partnership. It's a partnership between us and parents, and it is something that we put it in their hearts on Sundays. And then you guys take them home and you guys help to develop that as well. And so if you would pray with us, we have teams that we're developing. We have teams of people. We we have got such a great group right now, but we're always, man, we always need more help. Yeah. <laughs> we had somebody call in sick today, and you know, we have people doing different things. We still need more help, and if, but if anything, if you would just pray with us, that God would just that God would help us, that God would give us wisdom, that God would give us fun things to bring forth His word, and that God would help to captivate the hearts of this generation. Amen.
0: Praise God. Amen. <clears throat> and you know so. You say, well, why the remodel? Well, we, wanna, we want to, because we can do all of what she talked about. We're already working at that. But we also want to make, when people come in, when visitors come in or families come in, that the children find the presentation of the children's church enticing. So what they do is they go, I want to go there. Even if we got to put a slide in and, you know, a basket of balls and, you know, I mean, I, whatever, you know. I, I, we're going to do something where kids on Saturday night are at home going, I want to go to church. 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 Fine, shut up. We're going to church. That's what I want. And then, and then when parents look at it, they go, wow, what, man. I I would love for my kids to go there. So you know you know how chefs will tell you they'll tell you you always eat with your eyes first. Right. That's very true. Yeah. Very very true. You can you you can get something that might be tasty, but if it looks like anything else, then you're probably not going there. Probably not. So I'll, a, a lot of times what we see first our first impression and you only have one time to make a first impression and so you know we want to bring we want to bring that and and we believe all of this has cuz look at children's church is not peripheral it is not secondary it is not incidental it is primary to what we're doing because we believe if we get young families with young children then we get grandmas and grandpas and everybody in between because that's what that's what we do that's the family Okay, and so that's, that's one thing. So uh, some of this other stuff that I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about a little bit quicker just because some of it we've told you a little bit about already, and some of it's already in process. And so we told you about six weeks ago, told you about our process of what's called LifeTrack. And so LifeTrack is the system that we have developed to actually... Get people connected as they are connecting with one another. So you have New Life 101, which is our new believers class. They just finished today their first round, their first round. So we got people getting ready to be baptized. We're going to be having a big baptismal service. We'll we'll be announcing that, letting you know about that. Uh, we, we went through that, so what you need to know, if you're here today and you've never been through a New Believers class, they are starting Class 1 again next week at, uh, at 9 o'clock in room number 4. And so you need to mark that down. You're welcome to come to that. Also, we have done New Life 201, which is our New Life DNA, all about the church, what we believe, and New Life 301, which is New Life Connect, how to get involved in a ministry or a life group. And those we've done twice this month, Both of them twice, so we've already done that. Then we got two other classes that have not yet been uh, established yet. They haven't been started. We will be starting them here in the future called New Life 401, which is New Life Membership, and then New Life 501, which is New Life Leadership. And so the goal of all of this is to bring you into a place. I, I wrote this down last night. So one, you have the Introduction. So if you come in as, a, as, as somebody that just gave their life to Christ, your first introduction is the New Believers class. If you come in through visitation, meaning you visited the church and you're new to our church, then your first step would be to learn about our DNA, who we are, that's the introduction. Then we have the connection, which is the New Life 301, connect how do i how do i get involved in doing something in the church volunteering or how do i get involved in a life group that's doing something that i could be a a participant in so that's the introduction then you have uh, connection then you have also involvement you know getting in that place where you're serving and then finally the new life uh, uh, membership and the new life leadership is the commitment where we make a commitment that this isn't just his church or her church or that church. This is my church. Um, there's a word, I don't always like using the word because I think sometimes people confuse it, but I'll use it today. It's taking ownership. It's that ownership. It's like, look, I, you know, I'm not, you know, there was a book written years ago called Renters, Buyers, uh, uh, and Freeloaders. And you say, well, what's the difference? Well, somebody that's freeloading, they don't care. They're just there for what they could get out of it. And so like if you have a house, this was a book written for businessmen. So if you have somebody in your, in your company that's a freeloader, they don't really care about anything that you have to do. They just want to get as much as they can from you, and then they move on That's a freeloader. Then you have a renter. A renter is somebody that cares a little bit more because they have to live in this mess that they've created. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's not theirs, and so they're not going to sacrifice for it. They're not going to do what they need to do to make this work. So if it starts costing them too much, count me out. Then you have a buyer or an owner. And it's like, wait a second. This is mine. Like my wife and I, we own our house. And, and so right now, now that all the children have moved out, we're changing the rooms around. we got an office now, and we've, we're, we're creating a den. Amy's room is no longer Amy's room. It is a den. And so we bought furniture for it. We're having things taken. We're going to paint it, and it's going to be the place we go and read and pray and, and, and do that kind of thing. And so what we're doing is we're investing in our home. We want you to invest in your home, this home. And, and, and so that's, that's the goal there. The other thing that uh, we've talked a little bit about is just mentioning. I'm just going to mention this, and then we'll move on because uh, – um, We'll be talking more about this here in the future, but we are going to formal membership. And so if you're here, you've been here a while, and you go, how do you get to be a member? Well, we're going to have the ability to become a member of the church, and we'll be talking more about that and what that means and, and, and what that does for us. Another thing, and I'm almost done, so folks, you can just relax. We're not going to take all day here. So uh, another thing that we're doing we want to introduce to you, and once again, this is about making this uh, – step of growth is what we're it's called ministry through the week see with the advent of this day and age with with all that we go through there's homes now most people that aren't retired they have dual income or if you're a single parent you have to sometimes work two jobs so needless to say our weeks are pretty full we're busy you know i we you you work all day see for me sometimes i i i i I lose touch of that because I think, you know, I, I work here at the church. The reality is I'm on call 24-7, so I'm never not working. But sometimes I leave the office at noon to go work in my office at home, but I'm home. Okay, so I, I can get up, have a cheeseburger. I can do whatever I want, plus do the things I need to do. But I'm home, and sometimes that, I, I forget that that's a luxury, and so I think, well, why ain't more people getting up and volunteering? Come on, you lazy people, get moving. But then all of a sudden, when I have to work until 5, 6 o'clock at night because of a project, and then I got to go to church? <laughs> you better make it really interesting because I'm just not sure that I'm going to... Come on, you know what I'm talking about. <sighs> it's a cheeseburger. The reality is 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 that what we want to do is we want to create ministry that is happening Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, throughout the week, so that if your schedule allows you to, you can engage in a life group, a Bible study. You know, some some people have asked us, "Well, why did you move the the Wednesday night service to a Bible study?" This is part of that effort, moving us into. Uh, 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 ministry through the week plus we feel like we can be much more effective in our ministry and on top of it we can be a lot more pleasant to the volunteers that it takes to pull off a full service and so what happens is is what we're trying to do is we're trying to become relevant for the the community not 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 change the message in fact we're going to step up the message. Not not stop delivering good food, good spiritual food, but create a system whereby we can be more effective in getting that message out. That's why we've, we're doing online things. That's why we're, we're getting ready to build a studio, to believe, believe it or not. to uh, We've got part of it done, but we're, we're working at it. Some, you saw the videos of the 21 days of prayer. That was done in the, the studio that's built thus far. And so we're doing that to be able to reach greater levels of people. And to get that message out that Jesus is Lord. And, and the other thing that we want to do, and I mentioned this just in closing, is and this is probably one of the bigger things, and, and I close with this because it's so necessary. We, we are praying and we are believing God that he would give us unique plans and strategies for outreach and evangelism in this city. Amen. I don't live in Lake Havasu. I don't live in Bullhead. I live in Kingman. I don't live in Las Vegas or Phoenix, so I don't need an evangelistic strategy for those places. I need to know how to reach this place. I need to know how to reach our community. I remember years ago that when I was down in Needles, uh, you know, the first year was really tough on me in Needles. Um, Not a lot happened. Um, Things were kind of haywire. I was very green. Kathy was 19, I was 22. The people, the people in the church were seven. The next youngest person was 10 years older than me. And so it was like, wow, this is something. And so I remember I would get on the phone and call Pastor Howard. Many of you may know him, may not. But I would call him and I would start kind of complaining and whining. You know, oh, woe is me and blah, blah, blah. And Howard always had a unique, unique way of getting right to the point. And this is what he would say. He says, you know what you need to do? You need to quit your belly aching, and you need to go find out where God lives. And that, quite frankly, would make me mad. I'd get off the phone and go, yeah, right, all right. God lives in heaven. You know, I'd be smart, Alec. God lives in my heart, but that don't mean nothing, you know, whatever. You know, I'd have that thing. And what he was really trying to say is find out what God wants where you live. What does he want to do in your community? And you know what? Quite honestly, we did. And we did some stuff. We had a play come one time, and we set it up in a, a really rough area across in the Mojave Valley. We had 450 people come out in 39 salvations. In needles. Yeah, no, no. A town of 4,000. town of 4,000, 10% of the town came to our play. That's 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 impressive. Yeah, we and, and I'm telling you, we did wild and crazy things. It kind of put me on the map a little bit with the fellowship that I was a part of. And they thought, wow, you're weird. Yep, we're just doing what God wants to do. So we want to do that here. We want to reinstitute that. So we ask you to not only pray about that, but consider being a part of that with us. And so as I just bring this to a close today, I I hope that what we've done is stir you a little bit. I hope that what we've done is, one, is communicate what's coming in the next, like I said, 18 to 24 months. And, uh, um, you know, for a little while, it may be like a box falling downstairs. I remember uh, several years ago, we had a, a man, a pastor preach here, a good friend of ours that uh, Pastor Alex and Pastor Harry know very well. His name was Hank Houghton. It still is his name. It's not was. He's still alive. He didn't change his name, nor is he gone beyond but he's still with us Uh, but anyway he made a statement he said this he said anything worth doing is worth doing poorly for a while because when you think about it when you think about it anything that we do everything from learning to walk to being an Olympian we start out not very good You you know if I got up and walked like Owen walked when he first was you would think there's something wrong but when we look at Owen, we think it's precious because he's learning. we got to stop despising the days of small beginning. And what we got to do is we got to go, wow, God, you're up to something. Wow, God, you're moving. And I hope that what we've done has been able to communicate our hearts to you. I hope we've challenged you. I hope that we've excited you and said, wow, something's coming. Because there is something coming. And it's going to be good. Can you say Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't you stand to your feet all across this place? Father, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you're doing in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that you are helping us and encouraging us. Lord, we just ask that you would cause these things to unfold in the time that you have determined and that you would give us wisdom, give us the resources to pull off what we have determined in our heart, God, what you have placed there. And Father, we're careful to give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Just before you go, for all of the men, well, all the women, tonight we have Kathy's going to be ministering to the women, and I'm going to be ministering to the men. You don't want to miss this. If you want to make impact in the world around you, whether it's your family, your job, your home, your ministry, you need to hear this message today. So come on out tonight, 5 o'clock. Ministry team, if you can come up real quick. 5 o'clock for the men's ministry and the women's ministry. Normally we're at uh, six, but this tonight it's five. What time? Thank you. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.